कंप्लीट वर्क्स ऑफ स्वामी विवेकानंद ट्वेंटी नाइन्थ सेशन टॉपिक इज फ्रीडम और लिबरेशन और सालवेशन और मुक्ति और मोक्षा ओम श्री गुरुभ्यो नमः हरि ओम श्री गणेशा नमः डॉक्टर कृष्णमूर्ति शास्त्री दंबे पुनचा बंटवाड़ा तालूक दक्षिण कन्ड जिले कर्नाटक इंडिया भारत सो टूडेज टॉपिक इन कंप्लीट वर्क्स ऑफ स्वामी विवेकानंद इज फ्रीडम दिस इज ट्वेंटी नाइन्थ सेशन इन एडिशन टू मीनिंग वर्क वी हैव स्टेटेड दैट साइकोलॉजिकली द वर्ड कर्मा आल्सो इम्प्लाइज कॉसेशन एनी वर्क एनी एक्शन एनी थॉट दैट प्रोड्यूसेस एन इफेक्ट इज कॉल्ड ए कर्मा एनी वर्क एनी एक्शन एनी थॉट दैट प्रोड्यूसेस एन इफेक्ट is called a karma thus the law of karma means the law of causation of inevitable cause and sequence whose wheresoever there is a cause there an effect must be produced this necessity cannot be resisted and this law of karma according to our philosophy is true throughout the whole universe yatha dhenu sahasreshu vatso vindati mataram एवं पूर्वकृत कर्म कर्तारमुगछति हौ एमंग इन ए ग्रूप ऑफ कौस इट्स किड ऐडेंटिफाइड्स इट्स मदर ओनली इन द सेम वे और इन द सिमिलर वे दि कर्म डन बै ए पर्सन एमंग द होल समि कर्म ऑफ द होल यूनिवर्स इट ऐडेंटिफाइज इट्स ओन डूअर एंड it gives the result to that person only so whatever we see or feel or do whatever action there is anywhere in the universe while being the effect of past work on the one hand becomes on the other a cause in its turn and produces its own effect it is necessary together with this to consider what is meant by the word law by law is meant the tendency of a series to repeat itself when we see one event followed by another or sometimes happening simultaneously with another we expect this sequence or coexistence to recur our old logician logicians and philosophers of the nyaya school call this law by the name of vyapti according to them all our ideas of law are due to association a series of phenomena becomes associated with the things in our mind in a sort of invariable order so that whatever we perceive at any time is immediately referred to other facts in the mind any one idea or according to Uh, our psychology any one wave that is produced in the mind stuff chitta must always give rise to many similar waves this is the psychological idea of association and causation is only an aspect of this grand pervasive principle of association this pervasiveness of association is what is in sanskrit called vyapti in the external world the idea of law is the same as in the internal the expectation that a particular phenomenon will be followed by another and that 
the series will repeat itself really speaking therefore law does not exist in nature practically it is an error to say that gravitation exists in the earth or that there is any law existing objectively anywhere in nature law is the method the manner in which our mind grasps a series of phenomena it is all in the mind certain phenomena happening one after another or together and followed by the conviction of the regularity of their recurrence thus enabling our minds to grasp the method of whole series constitute what we call law the next question uh, for consideration is what we mean by law being universal our universe is that portion of existence which is characterized by what the sanskrit psychologists call desha kala nimitta or what is known to european psychology as space time and causation this universe is only a part of infinite existence thrown into a peculiar mold composed of space time and causation if necessarily follows the uh, follows that law is possibly only within this conditioned universe beyond it there cannot be any law when we speak of the universe we only mean that mean that portion of existence which is limited by our mind the universe of the senses which we can see feel touch hear think of imagine this alone is under law but beyond its it existence cannot be subject to law because causation does not extend beyond the world of our minds anything beyond the range of our mind and our senses is not bound by the law of causation as there is no mental association of things in the region beyond the senses and no causation without association of ideas it's only when being or existence gets molded into name and form nama roopa that is obeys that it obeys the law of causation and is said to be under law niyama because all law has its essence in causation therefore we see at once that there cannot be any such thing as free will swetcha the very words are a contradiction because will is what we know and everything that we know is within our universe and everything within our universe is molded by the conditions of space time and causation desha kala nimitta everything that we know or can possibly know must be subject to causation and that which obeys the law of causation cannot be free it is acted upon by other agents and becomes a cause in its turn but that which has become converted into the will which has which was not the will before but which when it fell into this mold of space time and causation became converted into the human will is free and when this will gets out of this mold of space time and causation it will be free again from freedom it comes and becomes molded into this bondage and it gets out and goes back to freedom again the question has been raised as to from whom this universe comes in whom it rests and to whom it goes yato वा इमानि भूतानि जायन्ते येन जातानि जीवन्ति यत् पर्यन्त अभिसंविशन्तीति तद्विजिज्ञासस्वा तद्ब्रह्मेति तैतिरोपनिषद् एंड द आंसर हैज बीन गिवन दैट फ्रॉम फ्रीडम इट कम्स आनंदो ब्रह्मेति व्यजानात आनंदाध्येवखल विमानि भूतानि जायन्ते सो फ्रॉम फ्रीडम इट कम्स in bondage it rests and goes back into that freedom again so when we speak of man as no other man that infinite being which is manifesting itself we mean that only one very small part of thereof small part thereof is man 
this body and this mind which we see are only one part of the whole only one spot of the infinite being this whole universe is only one speck of the infinite being ekamshena sthito jagat sthitam jagat pado sthya vishma bhutani tripadasya amritam divi in purusha sukta so it's only one part this whole uh, creation and all our loss and our bondages our joys and our sorrows our happiness and our expectations are only within this small universe all our progression and degradation are within its small compass so you see how childish it is to expect a continuation of this universe the creation of our minds and to expect to go to heaven which after all must mean only repetition of this world that we know so kshine punye marte lokam vishanti it is a repetition when our punya uh, or the good deeds they uh, decrease or they cease off then again we have to take birth in this earth we you see at once that it is an impossible and childish desire to make the whole of infinite existence conform to the limited and conditioned existence which we know when a man says that he will have again and again this same thing which he is hating now or as i sometimes put it when he asks for a comfortable religion you may know that he has become so degenerate that he cannot think of anything higher than what he is now he is just his little present surroundings and nothing more he has forgotten his infinite nature and his whole idea is confined to these little joys and sorrows and heart jealousiness of the moment he thinks that this in, uh, finite thing is the infinite and not only so he will not let this foolishness go he clings on desperately unto trisha and the thirst after life what the buddhists call tanha and tissa there may be millions of kinds of happiness and beings and loss and progress and causation all acting outside the little universe that we know and after all the whole of this comprises but one section of our infinite nature to acquire freedom we have to get beyond the limitations of this universe it cannot be found uh, here perfect equilibrium or what the christians call the peace that uh, passes all understanding cannot be had in this universe nor in heaven nor in any place where our mind and thoughts can go so yato vacho nivartante aprapya manasasaha tad brahma vijnyasasva so where the mind and thoughts cannot go that is brahma where the senses can feel or which the imagination can conceive so no such place can give us that freedom because all such places would be within our universe and it is limited by space time and causation desha kala nimitta there may be places that are more ethereal than this earth of ours where enjoyments may be keener but even those places must be in the universe and therefore in bondage to law so we have to go beyond therefore in bondage to law so we have to go beyond and real religion begins where this little universe ends these little joys and sorrows and knowledge of things and uh, things end there and the reality begins until we give up the thirst after life the strong attachment to this our transient 
conditioned existence we have no hope of catching even a glimpse of that infinite freedom beyond it stands to reason then that there is only one way to attain to that freedom which is the goal of all the noblest aspirations of mankind and that is by giving up this little life giving up this little universe giving up this earth giving up heaven giving up the body giving up the mind giving up everything that is limited and conditioned that is called ihamutrartha bhoga viragaha ihamutra phala bhoga viragaha here and there that is before death and after death whatever uh, uh, like we should not expect anything as uh, fruits for our deeds if we give up our attachment to this little universe of the senses or of the mind we shall be free immediately the only way to come out of bondage is to go beyond the limitations of law to go beyond causation but it is a most difficult thing to give up the clinging to this universe few ever attain to that there are two ways to do that mentioned in our books one is called the neti neti not this not this the other is called iti iti this this the former is the negative and the later is the positive way the negative way is the most difficult it is only possible to the men of the very highest exceptional minds of and gigantic wills who simply stand up and say no i will not have this and the mind and the body obey their will and they come out successful but such people are very rare the vast majority of mankind choose the positive way the way through the world making use of all the bondages themselves to break those very bondages this is also a kind of giving up only it is done slowly and gradually by knowing things enjoying things and thus obtaining experience and knowing the nature of things until the mind lets them all go at last and becomes unattached the former way of obtaining non attachment is by reasoning and the later way is through work and experience the first is the path of jnana yoga and is characterized by the refusal to do any work the second is that of karma yoga in which there is no cessation from work everyone must work in the universe only those who are perfectly satisfied with the self whose desires do not go beyond the self whose mind never strays out of the self to whom the self is in all self is all in all only those do not work the rest must work the current rushing down of its own nature falls into a hollow and makes a whirlpool and after running a little in that whirlpool it emerges again in the form of a free current to go on unchecked each human life is like that current it gets into the whirl gets involved in this world of space time and causation whirls round a little crying out my father my brother my name my fame and so on and at last emerges out of it and regains its original freedom the whole universe is doing that whether we know it or not whether we are conscious or unconscious of it we are all working to get out of the dream of the world man's experience in that in the world is to enable him to get out of its whirlpool what is karma yoga the knowledge of the secret of work we see that the whole universe is working for what for salvation for liberty from the atom to the highest being working for the one and liberty for the mind for the body for the spirit all things are always trying to get freedom flying away from the bondage 
the sun the moon the earth the planets all are trying to fly away from the bondage the centrifugal and the centripetal forces of nature are indeed typical of our universe instead of being knocked out knocked about in this universe and after long uh, delay and uh, thrashing getting to know things as they are we learn from the uh, karma yoga the secret of work the method of work the organizing power of work a vast mass of energy may be spent in vain if we do not know how to utilize it karma yoga makes a science of work you you learn by it how best to utilize all the workings of the world of this world work is inevitable it must be so but we should work to the highest purpose karma yoga makes us admit that this world is a world of 5 minutes that it is a something we have to pass through and that freedom is not here but is only to be found beyond to find the way out of the bondages of the world we have to go through it slowly and surely there may be those exceptional persons about whom i just spoke those who can stand aside and give up the world as a snake casts off its skin and stands aside and looks at it there are no doubt these exceptional beings but the rest of mankind have to go slowly through the world of work karma yoga shows the process the secret and the method of doing it to the best advantage what does it say work incessantly but give up all attachment to work do not indefinitely uh, do not identify yourself with anything hold your mind free all this that you see the pains and the miseries are but the necessary conditions of this world poverty and wealth and happiness are but momentary they do not belong to our real nature at all our nature is far beyond misery and happiness beyond every object of the senses beyond the imagination and yet we must go on working at all uh, working all the time misery comes through attachment not through work as soon as we identify ourselves with the work we do we feel miserable but we if we do not identify ourselves with it we do not feel that misery if a beautiful picture belong to another is burnt a man does not generally become miserable but when his own picture is burnt how miserable he feels why both are beautiful pictures perhaps copies of the same original but in one case very much more misery is felt than in the other it is because in one case he identifies himself with the picture and not in the other this i and mine causes the whole misery with the sense of possession comes selfishness and selfishness brings on misery every act of selfishness or thought of selfishness makes us attached to something and immediately we are made slaves each wave in the chitta that says i and mine immediately puts a chain round us and makes us slaves and the more we say i and mine the more slavery grows and more misery increases therefore karma yoga tells us to enjoy the beauty of all the pictures in the world but not to identify ourselves with any of them never say mine wherever whenever we say a thing is mine misery will come immediately come do not even say my child in your mind possess the child but do not say mine if you do then will come the misery do not say my house do not say my body the whole difficulty is there the body is neither yours nor mine nor anybody's these bodies are coming and going by the laws of nature but we are free standing as witness sakshi pragne sakshi pragna
this body is no more free than a picture or a wall why should we be attached to much to a body so much to a body if somebody paints a picture he does it and passes on do not project that tentacle of selfishness i must possess it as soon as that is projected misery will begin so karma yoga says first destroy the tendency to project this tentacle of selfishness and when you have the power of checking it hold it in and do not allow the mind to get into the ways of selfishness then you may go out into the world and work as much as you can mix everywhere go where you please you will never be contaminated with the will <clears throat> there is the lotus leaf in the water the water cannot touch and adhere to it so will you be, you be in the world this is called vairagya dispassion or non attachment padma pitram ivam padma patram ivam bhasi i believe i have told you that without non attachment there cannot be any kind of yoga that is swami vivekananda is saying non attachment is the basis of all yo- all the yogas the man who gives up living in houses wearing fine clothes and eating good food and goes into the desert may be a most attached person his only possession his own body may become everything to him and as he lives he will be simply struggling for the sake of his body non attachment does not mean anything that we may do in relation to our external body it is all in the mind the binding link of i and mine is in the mind if we have not this link with the body and with the things of the senses we are non attached wherever and whatever we may be a man may be on a throne and perfectly non attached another man may be in rags and still very much attached first we have to attain this state of non attachment and then to work incessantly karma yoga gives us the method that will help us in giving up all attachment though it is indeed very hard here are the two ways of giving up all attachment the one is for those who do not believe in god and or in any outside help they are left to their own devices they have simply to work with their own will with the powers of their mind and discrimination saying i must be non attached for those who believe in god there is another way which is much less difficult they give up the fruits of work unto the lord they work and are never attached to the results whatever they see feel hear or do is for him for whatever good work we may do let us not claim any praise or benefit it is the lord's give up the fruits in unto him let us stand aside and think that we are only servants obeying the lord our master and that every impulse for action comes from him every moment whatever thou worshipest whatever thou perceivest whatever thou dost give up all unto him and be at rest let us be at peace perfect peace with ourselves and give up our whole body and mind and everything as an eternal sacrifice unto the lord instead of the sacrifice of pouring oblations into the fire perform this one great sacrifice day and night the sacrifice of your little self in search of wealth in this world though are the only wealth i have found i sacrifice myself unto the in search of some one to be loved though are the though are the only one beloved i have found i sacrifice myself unto thee 
let us repeat this day and night and say nothing for me no matter whether the thing is good bad or indifferent i do not care for it i sacrifice all unto thee day and night let us renounce our seeming self until it becomes a habit with us to do so until it gets into the blood and nerves and the uh, brain and the whole body is every moment obedient to this idea of self renunciation go then into the midst of the battlefield with a roaring cannon and the din of war and you will find yourself to be free and at peace karma yoga teaches us that the ordinary idea of duty is on the lower plane nevertheless all of us have to do our duty yet we have see we may see that this peculiar sense of duty is very often a great cause of misery duty becomes a disease with us it drags us ever forward it catches hold of us and makes our whole life miserable it is the bane of human life this duty this idea of duty is the midday summer sun which is scorches the innermost soul of mankind look at those poor slaves to duty duty leaves them no time to say prayers no time to bath duty is ever on them they go out and work duty is on them they come home and think of work for the next day duty is on them it is living a slave's life at last dropping down in the street and dying in harness like a horse this is duty as it is understood the only true duty is to be unattached and to work as a free beings to give up all work unto god all our duties are his blessed are we that we are ordered out here we serve our time whether we do it till or well who knows if we do it well we do not get the fruits if we do it ill neither do we get the care be at rest be free and work this kind of freedom is a very hard thing to attain how easy it is to interpret slavery as duty the morbid attachment of flesh for flesh as duty men go out into the world and struggle and fight for money or for any other uh, thing to which they get attached ask them why they do it they say it is a duty it is absurd greed for gold and gain and they try to cover it with a few flowers what is duty after all it is really the impulsion of the flesh of our attachment and when an attachment has become established we call it duty for instance in countries where there is no marriage there is no duty between husband and wife when marriage comes husband and wife live together on account of attachment and that kind of living together becomes settled after generations and when it becomes a becomes so settled it becomes a duty it is so to say a sort of chronic disease when it is acute uh, we call it a disease when it is chronic we call it nature it is a disease so when attachment becomes chronic we baptize it with the high surrounding name of duty we high sounding name of duty we strew flowers upon it trumpet trumpets sound for it sacred texts are said over it and then the whole world fights and men earnestly rob each cannot have any other ideal it is of some good but those who want to be karma yogis must throw this idea of duty overboard there is no duty for you and me whatever you have to give to the world do give by all means but not as a duty do not take any thought of that be not compelled why should 
you be compelled everything that you do under compulsion goes to build up attachment why should you have any duty resign everything unto god in this tremendous fiery furnace where the fire of duty scorches everybody drink this cup of nectar and be happy we are all simply working out his will and have nothing to do with rewards and punishments if you want the reward you must also have the punishment the only way to get out of the punishment is to give up the reward the only way of getting out of misery is by giving up the idea of happiness because these two are linked to each other on one side there is happiness on the other there is misery on one side there is life on the other there is death the only way to get beyond death is to give up the love of life life and death are the same thing looked at uh, from different points so the idea of happiness without misery or of life without death is very good for school boys and children but the thinker sees that it is all a contradiction in terms and gives up both seek no praise no reward nor any for anything you do no sooner do we perform a good action than we begin to desire credit for it no sooner do we give money to some charity than we want to see our names blazoned in the papers misery must come as the result of such desires the greatest men in the world have passed away unknown the buddhas and the christs are we know are uh that we know are but second rate heroes in comparison with the greatest men of whom the world knows nothing hundreds of these unknown heroes have lived in every country working silently silently they live and silently they pass away and in time their thoughts find expression in buddhas or christ and uh, it is these later that become known to us the highest men to do uh, do not seek to get any name or fame from their knowledge they leave their ideas to the world they put forth no claims for themselves and establish no schools or systems in their name their whole nature shrinks from such a thing they are the pure satvikas who can never make any stir but only melt down in love i have seen one such yogi who lives in a cave in india he is one of the most wonderful men i have ever seen he has no complete he has so completely lost the sense of his own individuality that we may say that the man in him is completely gone leaving behind only the all comprehending sense of the divine if an animal bites one of his arms he is ready to give it his uh, other arm also and say that it is the lord's will everything that comes to him is from the lord he does not know himself to men and yet he is a magazine of love and of true and sweet ideas next in order come the men with more rajas or activity combative natures who take up the ideas of the perfect ones and preach them to the world the highest kind of men silently collect true and noble ideas and others uh, the buddhas and christ go from place to place preaching them and working for them in the life of gautama buddha we notice him constantly saying that he is the 25th buddha the 24 before him are unknown to the history although the buddha known to history must have built upon foundations laid by them the highest men are calm silent and unknown they are the men who really know the power of thought they are sure that even if they go into a cave and close the door and simply think five true thoughts and then pass away these five thoughts of theirs will live through eternity
indeed such thoughts will penetrate through the mountains cross the oceans and travel through the world they will enter deep into human hearts and brains and raise up men and women who will give them practical expression in the workings of human life the satvika men are too near the lord to be active and to fight to be working struggling preaching and doing good as they say here on earth to humanity the active workers however good have still a little remnant of ignorance left in them when our nature has yet some impurities left in it then alone can we work it is in the nature of work to be impelled ordinarily by motive and by attachment in the presence of an ever active providence who notes even the sparrow's fall how can one uh, man attach any importance to his own work will it not be a blasphemy to do so when we know that he is taking care of the minutest things in the world we have only to stand in awe and reverence before him thy will be done the highest men cannot work for in them there is no attachment those whose whole soul is gone into the self those whose desires are confined to the self who have become ever associated with the self for them there is no work such are indeed the highest of mankind but apart from them everyone else has to work in so working we should never think that we can help on even the least thing in this universe we cannot we only help ourselves in this gymnasium of the world this is the proper attitude of work if you work in this way if you always remember that our present opportunity to work thus is a privilege which has been given to us we shall never be attached to anything millions like you and we uh, me think that we are great people in the world but we all die and in 5 minutes the world forget us but the life of god is infinite we can live a moment breathe a moment if this all powerful one does not will it who can live a moment breathe a moment if this all powerful one does not will it he is the ever active providence all power is his and within his command through his command the winds blow the sun shines bhisha smad vatah pavate bhisho deeti suryah the earth lives lives and death stalks upon the earth he is the all in all he is all and in all we can only worship him give up all fruits of work do good for its own sake then alone will come perfect non attachment the bonds of the heart will thus break and we shall reap perfect freedom this freedom is indeed the goal of karma yoga hari om tat sat this is the 29th session in complete works of swami vivekananda hari rama loka samasta sukhino bhavantu ओं तत्सत श्री विवेकानंदर्पितमस्तु